0: hello and welcome this is friend request i'm your host justin lamb and this is episode 46 my interview with my friend katie what a phenomenal story katie has and one of the most complicated family structures i have ever heard of um how she has come out of everything as the kind well-rounded person she is is beyond me uh it's a great interview i hope you guys enjoy it and make sure you stick around for after the interview when we have more Q&A with our resident therapist Jenny Helms so you guys can submit your questions if you want them answered by a licensed certified therapist uh, to justin's friend request at gmail.com and uh, without further ado enjoy the interview with my friend Katie But hi, thanks for doing this. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually really excited about this because, you know, I know some things about you and I know enough to know that you have a super interesting story, but I don't know the details at all. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm excited to find those out. But uh, I I usually start out with how I know people. Okay. And I know you because uh, you started dating a buddy of mine.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And that's how we met we've we've hung out a number of times and then you had a baby with that same friend and and now we're in a quarantine situation so who knows when i'll ever see that child uh, (laughs) right but either way it's uh it's super good to talk to you and i'm excited to find out a bunch more about you and i want to start the way i typically do by going back in time to when you were born. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, now, you have siblings, yes? Yes. Are you older, younger, middle?
1: Uh, actually, I'm the youngest.
0: Okay. What? Are, how many other siblings are there?
1: I have my sister. Um, she would have been 52 two days ago.
0: Okay. So, huge age gap.
1: Yes. 21 years.
0: And this is your full biological sister?
1: Half. Half sister. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And then my twin brother, he was born a minute before I was.
0: I I did not know you were a twin.
1: Yeah. Have
0: I met your twin?
1: No, he passed away.
0: Oh, okay. Then I definitely haven't. No. Um, So you're born a twin. Your mom and dad, what are they doing when you're born? Like work and whatnot?
1: Uh, My mom was working at Kroger. I actually don't know what my dad was doing. That's a very good question. I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean right off the bat, you have, like you said, a twenty something year older sister. Is that is she in the picture like when you're born or is she already moved out and everything?
1: Um, she was actually moved in with my mom because she had my eldest nephew six months before my brother and I were born. Oh wow. Yes.
0: So you guys are probably all super close or were at one point, I'm assuming.
1: Oh yeah, no, we're still super close. He's more like a sibling than a nephew, and it really kind of freaks people out. We all went to high school together. So it really <laughs> threw people off. They're like, what is wrong with this family?
0: <laughs> well, so let's, yeah, let's dive into that. Um <laughs> what what is your parents' relationship like to where I mean, obviously we don't need to go into the ins and outs of what happened to your mom or dad before you were born, but Um, are you half sister with uh, mom or dad? My mom. Okay. So your mom is with somebody years and years and years before you, Yes. before you're born and Mm -hmm. has your sister. How long is she with that person?
1: She was with him until my sister was eight and then he died.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're starting off with a lot of death.
0: (laughs) We're not even to you being born yet. I know. I know it. (laughs) So, uh, her dad passes, mm-hmm. and your mom meets who is going to be your father, I'm assuming,
1: uh, eventually? N- no, not yet, actually. <laughs> okay. She meets my aunt, who becomes her best friend, and she actually steps in, helps raise my sister, and then in turn helps raise my brother and I.
0: Okay, so who is you, who does your mom have you with? Who's your dad uh, in that
1: situation? <laughs> Okay, are you ready for this? Are you ready for I'm this, ready. Man? Okay, so my sister was engaged to this man who lied about his whole entire life, said he came from money, which wasn't a big thing for my sister, said his whole family was Italian, which he is not. Um, he just had dark hair. And uh, my sister found out, broke off the engagement, and that same guy slept with my mom to get back at my sister, and then you have my brother and I.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Mrs. Robinson. <laughs>
0: What's the age difference between your sister and your mom?
1: 15 years.
0: Oh so so she had her young.
1: Yes, yes she did.
0: Super young. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: She was married at 15 and then right before she was 16 she had my sister.
0: That's crazy. So there's a bigger difference between you and your sister than your sister and your mom. That's right.
1: Nuts. I know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, there's a there's a lot going on in that <laughs> in that intertwining. So your sister's ex is your father. Okay. And I, I don't want to jump ahead because I'll just jump back in time anyway, but when do you meet him? I'm assuming he wasn't in the picture right away.
1: <laughs> uh, actually, I haven't. You've uh, never met him? Not physically. Okay. Um, my sister found him on Facebook when I was 18.
0: Does he know about you?
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. He, he actually tried to get back with my sister after my mom had us. Wow.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so That is that's a ballsy move.
1: Right? That's what I said. <laughs> wow. But apparently he lives in Texas and he has three sons of his own. Um and he and his wife wrote my brother and I a birthday card on our 18th birthday asking us to uh stop lying about him being our dad because the state still goes after him for child support which he's never paid. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. I, I I didn't know for sure, but I imagined that was the case.
1: Right. So there um, I mean there's DNA tests and stuff done, but so my sister helped me find him and I emailed him and we kinda chatted on and off through the years, like I like he found out my sister died and he reached out, he found out my brother died and really said nothing. Jeez. Yeah. So he's an interesting guy.
0: Going back Okay <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, what's your household like growing up then? It's you and your, your twin brother, and your sister's there with your mom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. What, and my... I
0: mean, what's that household like?
1: Well, she, my sister lived with my mom until my brother and I were probably three months old, because my brother stayed in the hospital for the first month he was born, and I was there for two months after, because we were premature. Okay. So uh, so we stayed in the hospital, he had a heart monitor for the first three months so after all that was done that she kind of got her own place found a guy um and just lived with him so then it was just my brother myself my mom and my aunt okay mm-hmm.
0: and well, i mean what was that like growing up I, was it that same dynamic like through school and everything
1: <clears throat> yeah it was um it was like that until middle school actually um We lived in Wald Lake until middle school, then moved to Clarkston, um, beginning of middle school, um, was fine. And then about, so seventh grade, we ended up having my niece and my eldest nephew move in with us.
0: Okay. Do you, do you remember like the moment maybe at school or, or hanging out somewhere or maybe just at home where you were like, my family's not like other families?
1: Actually, you know, I never really thought that. Actually, until uh-huh. I was an adult and that, well, teenager, yeah. I guess. Yeah. um, Because my aunt always filled in. She was always like the dad. She always did sports and, and that kind of stuff with us, took us to hockey games, you know, things like that. Um, So it's like, I never, they never made it a big deal. So we never made it a big deal. Yeah. And yeah, we not,
0: not like yeah. in a bad way either. I just, oh, uh, yeah. it, no, no, no. Yeah. It's always funny because everybody, everybody I've interviewed for the most part, and, and myself included, like, As a kid, you're just like this is what normal is because I mean you that's what you know so that's what normal is and then uh, you know depending on your social lives and who you hang out with and what that looks like eventually you start being like wait a second like (laughs) you know my parents divorced when I was four and eventually I was like I go to a lot of people's houses and all of them have a mom and dad something something's amiss
1: (laughs) (laughs) something's not something's different
0: yeah Um, but that didn't really that wasn't a thing that.
1: Really did anything
0: with huh until you rolled her
1: Yeah. I mean, we didn't have I mean, maybe for my brother it did. I mean, he always he always wanted a, a male figure. He was stuck in the yeah. house with all women. I mean, even the dog was a girl. So yeah. <laughs> he was completely outnumbered. Um, <laughs> but I never I never felt like I missed anything. Um, when I became a teenager and people started actually speaking out about it, like where's your dad? You know, why do you have like two moms? Then I was like, Well, yeah, I guess my family's not like quote unquote normal <laughs> but it it never bothered me. I think it more or so bothered my brother than it did myself.
0: Yeah. What's your relationship like with your brother? I mean what's it like to be a twin growing up?
1: Weird. Very <laughs> weird.
0: <laughs> How so?
1: Um so they wouldn't let us be together at all. Like we couldn't have the only time we could be together is recess. So they made sure we weren't in the same classrooms. We didn't even have the same lunch schedule because um, they were afraid that we wouldn't socialize with other kids. Yeah. So, but, uh, he... I
0: mean, at home, you guys were still. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, for example, um, he would have lunch before me. So the lunch ladies and pretty much everyone in the school knew that we were twins and they would watch what I would pick for lunch. And then at the end, they'd be like, you picked the exact same thing your brother did. <laughs> And I'm like, well, they ran
0: little experiments on you guys.
1: They did, and I'm like, well, that's really weird. Thank you for telling me. I okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or he would be very. He was always very protective, extremely protective. Um, Even when we were babies, my mom said anything I wanted, he would just give me like his bottle, his rattle, his all of his toys. And then um, as we got older you know, into toddler stages, he was like, uh, yeah, I'm not giving you anything anymore. Like I want, this is mine. (laughs) I'm keeping this, but I was like, Hey, I want that.
0: (laughs) Did he resume more of a protective role as you guys got like teenage older?
1: Oh yeah. It was bad. It was really bad. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to have really any male friends unless they, unless he approved, let's say that way. And, uh, any guy who he found out was interested in me, and I didn't find this out until after high school, um, he would threaten to beat them up if they even talked to me.
0: <laughs> really killed your teenage dating life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 don't know. I imagine, uh, that connections got to be super strong though. Um, just like in the house and he was probably whether he liked it or not forced into some form of father figure role, even if he didn't want it. Cause yeah, there was, he was the only guy in the house. Right. So.
1: And he he did. He took on that role and he ran with it. I mean, um, I was a very go like happy, go lucky. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try that. I mean, I was fearless because I knew he was always there. So with him always being there, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to go mudding in this Jeep that could totally not be safe because we're, you know, on a 90 degree angle. But, you know, it's cool. You know, if I get hurt, I'll just call my brother. You know, it'll be fine. There's many, many times where he's like, really, Katie? you went and did that i'm like yeah it was great it was fun and he's like mm, no don't do that again and i'm like but i want to and he's like yeah no i'm like oh okay
0: that's funny uh are you guys identical or no
1: no 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 okay. um okay. actually people didn't even know we were twins okay they always thought he was um a few years older than i was
0: gotcha mm-hmm. sounds like he might have taken on that role too <laughs> Being...
1: <laughs> yes and because you uh... said
0: you were actually older no, he was a minute. He's older. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, by not by much, obviously. Right? Yeah, but... <laughs> not
1: not mu- not much at all. But he um, he took that advantage as often as he could.
0: But he was the yeah, he was the older brother.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so what outside of your relationship with your brother? I mean, how about the rest of your family, friends? Like growing up, um, I mean, what's what's that like? Is it is it is it a good childhood? Or do you have a lot of friends and hang out and do stuff?
1: Oh yeah, we had um, we had a great childhood. I mean, we used to, you know, be out and it'd be pretty much like when the street lights come on, come back home. Um, we had a lot of free range, but it was also very strict at the same time. Um, you break the rules, you're pretty much grounded for like all summer. Um, <clears throat> but as long as you just abided by the rules, did what they wanted, did your chores, we pretty much could do what we wanted. So as young kids, um, we lived on a dead end road. And we had three boys that would always like run around with us. And um, we'd just go kind of explore, you know, maybe a road or two down and come back and do things like that. And then we moved to Clarkston. It was a process of making all new friends. And um, Danny took a very different role because at this point, my eldest nephew and I were all, we were, I mean, we were all in the same middle school. So at this juncture, my brother was very, one of the popular kids, and my nephew and I were kind of the geeky, non-popular kids. So my <laughs> nephew and I had a lot of the same friends, where my brother had all the, the jockey friends and, and things like that. The, the cool kids, he ran with the cool kids. So in school, he couldn't be seen with us, but outside of school, we could all hang out.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I know that business a little bit. Um, so, but pretty like... Not too dramatic of a childhood then.
1: Um, no, not until we reached middle school did it become um, quite dramatic. Actually, why is that? Um, <clears throat> well, there was a kind of like a cluster of things that happened all at once. Uh, so my nana passed away, my sister and um, my niece and my nephew moved in, my sister became a drug addict, so um, that was rough. And that's partially why they all lived with us because she couldn't maintain bills, keep a house. Um, She had been divorced right before my Nana passed away. So I think that's part of the reason. Um,
0: How old are you at this point?
1: I was 12, 12. 12, Yep. So, and then they moved in and then um, she would relapse and come back and relapse and come back. So it was um, very hard living with an adult addict going through uh, the, the preteen years. Um, So us kids kind of like all grouped together and we made sure that Samantha, who's, you know, seven years younger than us, uh, wasn't really affected. We tried to shield her from all of that and just try to like go about our day, like everything's fine. And, you know, this isn't a big deal. Your mom's not here, but she's getting help. And um, just kind of working our way through that. And then we all got jobs when we were 14 at kroger so we could help with um like school clothes and and you know make sure that if we wanted we could take sam somewhere and she could buy stuff and we'd all give her kind of money and um really kind of dote on her to make her feel more important um, so your
0: sister has two kids at this point
1: yep yep okay. sam was six six
0: well just like and i, and I want to keep going but i I'm curious what it was like in a child's mind, like 12 years old, you're getting kind of forced into this mother role of your nieces or your niece. Um, and then having your sister, like did you see her use when she was there
1: and what um, was that like? Well, she started on Vicodin. So she kind of went to the doctor, thought she had lupus. They just prescribed her Vicodin, Dr. O'Neill. And um just kept upping it. So we'd see her take the pills, but we didn't know that she was quote unquote overtaking them. Yeah. Um, so it was it was for us, it was like, oh, she's taking her medicine, oh, she's acting a little funny, that you know, maybe it's just how the meds work. We really don't know. Um it wasn't until later that we realized that she had a problem. Um, for example, it was a Christmas. It, it, must, it must have been... I was 14. Um, and it was Christmas Eve. And I was in her room and I had fallen asleep there for I don't even know what reason. Um, and I woke up and my mom and her were yelling. Samantha was crying. And then we found out that she had actually an addiction, that all that weird, the way she was acting and the weirdness wasn't just because of the meds, that it, she had actually had a problem. And then, you know, we had to have a huge discussion and my sister was high, so she was very angry um, and defensive. Yeah. So it was it was very it was very hard. I mean, emotionally, like at first we're like, "Oh, okay, she just needs to get better," and then hmm, this is a little weird. To, "Wow, are you kidding me?" Like, okay. I mean, there was there was a lot of anger, I guess, disappointment. Um, well, yeah. I, I
0: mean, was... at, at that age, how do you even? compartmentalize um, that and deal with that
1: you really don't um yeah. i kind of suppressed everything and just focused on samantha and running track and my schoolwork and um working because um, i'd work like three days a week you know in between whenever days i didn't have practice or meet or something and then um we would save up and we all had our hiding spots for where we would put like our savings you know because we're too young to have a bank account And then my sister eventually went through, found all of our savings, took all of our money from my nephew, my brother, and I. And, I mean, like, I had, like, $300 saved. I don't know what they had. And then she stole my aunt's car and then tried to blame it on my brother and my nephew. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. So there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of um, mistrust. There was... Um, cause you would try to trust her like, oh, you know, I'm getting help. And you're like, okay, I'm going to believe you. I really want to believe you. And then it was just like let down after let down. And then finally I was just, I just kind of to the point where I just kind of washed my hands of it. I mean, I was a really quiet kid and I didn't speak up for myself really. And then just that, I remember that one Christmas in particular, I just kind of went off on her. I told her, I said, you can get out. I said, your daughter's crying. You don't even care. Um, you stole our money. You took my aunt's car. Like you can just go. Yeah. And that lasted I didn't talk to her even after she got sober for eight years. Wow. Yeah.
0: So she did end up getting sober after that?
1: Oh yeah. She uh she it she was she was an addict for about seven years. So around the time I was eighteen, she finally started coming back around. Everyone's like, Oh, she's sober, she's doing so good because she had spent time in jail. Um, do you remember <laughs> Do you remember when, it had been around 2011, 2012, when St. Joe's uh, had this huge scandal that this person was going in and stealing uh, patients' wallets and and purses and things? No. It was a huge scandal, and then they found this person because they drove their car, or a stolen car, into the hospital. Jesus. That was my sister.
0: Nice. So she...
1: So, I mean, it was all over the news and they had to use her maiden name, of course, and it was, it was very much a a hard time in school. Yeah, I bet. Because we were all, they all knew that, you know, oh, she's a Walters, not that many people, you know, and they, she looks like these people, so, oh, they're related. So it, it was very interesting. It was a, it was an interesting time in life, but it wasn't too bad. I mean, we were forced to go to. Therapy, which was interesting, I pretty much told my therapist to fuck off. <laughs> um, it's funny,
0: like I uh, I went to therapy a lot as a kid, and I was super resistant, aggressive. I would my goal in every session was to like break the therapist. Uh, I was I was the worst fucking kid in therapy, and then I mean now I I love therapy. Like I found out it's one hundred percent covered right now because it's teletherapy because of COVID. And I was like, cool, can we do it every week right now? (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. uh, Yeah, I, I fucking love therapy. I think everybody, whether you like, have something specific you want to work on or not should have therapy at some point i love it I absolutely oh i i
1: it. I completely agree i think my problem with the therapist was that he was a um addict specialist so he kind of always took her side he never really wanted to know how we were feeling really it was more yeah. like oh you should make amends with her you should allow her to make amends with you you know what about her feelings and i'm thinking i don't give a shit about her feelings what about my feelings <laughs> you know like no thanks yeah
0: and that, i mean how old were you at that point
1: <clears throat> 14 15 yeah
0: See, like, trying to, I, I don't understand, and that's why I, someone asked me, because I'm, I'm going into that field now, and oh, nice. Uh, someone, thank you, <laughs> someone asked me, like, oh, do you know, like, you want to help kids, you want to help, like, I was like, no, fuck, no, I don't want to help kids, because, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, the frontal lobe isn't even fucking developed fully until you're like 25 and so i don't want I to th- i think it's crazy that someone one was trying to explain to you like how an addict's brain works when you're like 14 being see, like see we so, didn't even so,
1: really get that it was more like it's not her fault and you have to realize that and i'm like uh well regardless but now she keeps doing it she you know because she had been yeah. to rehab numerous times so at that point i was just like no if she really wanted to do it she'd do it <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, your sister's in jail, yep. um, <laughs> and your house is—guessing uh, the same as far as your mom's there, your your brother, your cousin, or not your cousin, but your niece, niece and your nephew. nephew.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, how's the rest of high school shape up?
1: Um, a little rough. Uh, it was great yeah. until about my junior year. And actually that's when I ended up meeting and living with Billy and Steph through oh, Nikki. Okay. Um, my mom had kicked my aunt out. Um, she was having a hard time because she actually had to give a statement that put my sister in jail. Um, so she had a really hard time dealing with that. And the doctors put her on all these meds to try and deal with her anxiety and depression and um, the things that she was going through. Cause I couldn't even imagine trying to, be like, oh, yeah, send my to jail. That's the best for him. But yeah. in the long run, it was what was best for her. But uh, so my mom ended up actually kind of following the road my sister did. Not that she was an addict, but uh, she was overusing the meds and uh, not taking care of herself. So she ended up trying to commit suicide. Oh. Um, unfortunately, I was not there. My brother and my nephew found her. Um, I was across the street at my grandma's. And um, at that point, I had actually not been living at home. I had moved in with Steph and Billy because she was acting outrageous. I mean, she was, she was always nitpicking at me. Um, when to come to find out years later that it was because I reminded her of my sister. So all that pent up aggression and, um, resentment that she had my, for my sister, she would take out at me. Yeah. Um, so I ended up leaving home, um, gotten my license, Would borrow the car for work, return it and walk to billion steps Cause it was only a five minute walk. Um, and I would stay there until, uh, She actually got out of the hospital and got herself better, and then it was kind of like taking care of her, getting her on her feet, and then she met and married a guy named Doug after three months of being out of the hospital, and we ended up moving to White Lake in his house because we sold um, ours. Um, We lived on a landscaping property, and we ended up selling it because it it went under after 9-11, and it it was just a big mess. The economy was horrible. Um, so we moved to White Lake and we drive to school and we commute um, to Clarkston just to kind of finish out. And then um, turns out that my stepdad was a crazy alcoholic. It was it was it was a rough couple of years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I bet.
1: So um, at the point of like end of junior year, my brother and I lived with my mom and my stepdad. And then after we graduated, he ended up moving out. Um, with his girlfriend at the time and ended up, um, getting married by 20. Wow. And having, how's your brother
0: handling all this stuff?
1: He, I think that's why he moved out. He didn't handle it very well at all. I mean, he stepped up and I mean, even with my mom and then, um, with her whole situation with her always coming at me, um, he would step in and I remember this one time, uh, and I'll never forget it. He, I came home to grab some clothes and he's like mom's home you need to sneak out your window and i'm like oh she's in a mood and i'm like he's like yeah and i'm like shit all right so i started running and she must have heard me or something because she came barreling down the hallway and he got in front of her and i mean at this point he's a big dude he's probably like 200 pounds you know like 5'10 yeah. like bulky and she grabbed him by his shoulders and put him through the wall like dented hit dented him Jeez. into the wall and he still like shot back and waited for me to until he heard my window close and um so he he was very he stepped up when he needed to but when he knew he could get out he did like as soon as he could get out he did um yeah. <clears throat> he met the girl they ended up getting pregnant He had my niece, Lexi, by the age of 20, um, ended up marrying Afton before Lexi was born, like three months, roughly, Um, and was happy as can be, and then realized how bad my stepdad was getting, um, and then would come over and, like, try to threaten him and, you know, try to put him in line, and it didn't really work, so eventually... My brother reached out to my sister, who had been sober for about a year now. Um, it was like, we need to get Katie and Mom out of this situation. It's not healthy. Like, he's cleaning his guns. He's drunk. He's He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Um, he would use, like, sleep deprivation as, like, a form of um, punishment for me. Like, if I pissed him off doing... Yeah. So, I wasn't allowed to have a lock on my door. So... I started falling asleep in high school and my teachers are like, what the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, my stepdad's keeping me up. Like he'd come in, like throw water on me, like blow horn. I mean the whole nine and keep me up all night.
0: So he's like psychologically abusing you at this point.
1: Yes. And I didn't realize that. Like I thought like in some, somewhere in my brain. I thought I'm like, okay, this is just a game we're playing. Like, yeah, he's just being an asshole. yeah Yeah. and he's you know doing this to get back at me well um i never really told my mom about it because she was very much in denial like oh no i have this life i started over this is great and i'm like this isn't great we need to get the fuck out of here yeah um and it took my sister stepping in and then they're like oh katie he trusts you he likes you you're gonna take him to rehab and then we're moving you guys the fuck out and i'm like i have to take him to rehab me and they're like yeah you yeah it sounds like,
0: like since you're like 12 you have had some sort of mother role like thrust up on you
1: (laughs) kind of um
0: i mean whether it's your your niece or i'm just looking after your own sister and times when she was not doing good and and then your mom yeah
1: yeah i guess i guess you're
0: right yeah and then your brother's kid
1: yep (laughs) (laughs) it was it was it was very interesting um so after we got out of the Doug's, um, I ended up living with my sister for a while because um, my mom moved in with my aunt and uncle through the divorce. So, so this is like,
0: your, sorry, you're like 21 at this point 20, or
1: 22? 22,
0: yep. And 22. your brother is married with two kids now.
1: Correct. About to get divorced. Your,
0: your sister is where at this point?
1: She is sober. She is married to the man who helped get her sober and keep her there. Um, his name was Mark. He a very great guy. I mean, he ended up being like a huge bodybuilder, all about fitness. Um
0: And you said your mom's with living with your grandma and grandpa or
1: uh no, my aunt yeah. uncle, my her sister and oh. her uh brother in law. Got it. So then I'm living with my sister in her single wide trailer. Okay. And my niece is still <clears throat> like coming to visit. Not really living with her quite yet, still kind of staying with her grandparents, not like fully, like putting in all that trust in yet. Yeah. Um, so, and then at this point, my eldest nephew is in listed in the army, so he's not even here anymore.
0: The one that's your age essentially.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at this point, um, <laughs> uh, my sister, I live with my sister for about six, eight months, And then her husband ends up passing away.
0: Does that spiral her at all?
1: Actually, I think she saw it coming because I called her and I was like, Missy. I'm like, there's this weird guy at the house. He's really strange. He's with Mark, her husband. Um, I'm like, I'm really uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't I'm like, I don't know really what to do. I'm like, I called a few friends. They're all busy. I'm like, I'm kind of stuck in my room. And she's like, lock the door what's his name? I'm like, he says his name is Marvin. She's like, fucking lock the door. I'll be home as soon as I can. Well, she was babysitting his, uh, Mark, her husband's uh, granddaughter. And she's like, as soon as I can be home, I'll be home. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, shit, should I be scared? And she's like, no, that's just our old drug dealer. And I'm like, well, why is he here? And she's like, well, apparently he got sober and Mark wants to help him out. And I'm like, okay well i'm really uncomfortable i'm staying in my room and she's like okay i'll be home tomorrow um she's like if you need anything else call me so in the morning i ended up going to see my mom and finish like finish helping her get the rest of the stuff out of doug's house because he got um admitted longer into rehab and then while i'm there talking to her my mom gets a phone call and she's like I, and it, I just hear her side, and she's like, I don't know anyone in a trailer park. No one I know could be dead. And she hangs up, and I'm like, Mom, Missy and Mark live in a trailer park. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I grab her phone, and I call this person back, and they're like, this guy's dead. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck. I'm like, okay. Jesus. I'm like, that's not good. And I'm, my mom's like, we got to get there now. And I'm like, okay. So we'd come to find out uh, Mark had OD'd. And my sister found him when she got home Jeez. yeah he, he had been sober for 25 years and just shot up once and it killed him. So my sister is hysterical. We're all like watching her now. We're like, we have to watch her like, this is going to set her over the edge. This is not good. Um, so I remember we'd all take shifts, you know, the family kind of pulled together us kids. Um, Chris came home from leave from the army, um, for the funeral, quote unquote. Um, and took a little extended stay to make sure that my sister was okay. So it all take shifts and like kind of watch her. Like, you know, when she slept, you know, we do like someone would always stay up at night. Someone would watch her during the day, whenever she went to go somewhere, like she had to have one of us with her at all times. Um, and not only that we turned around and we'd watch my mom too. Cause it was more like watching my sister to see how my mom would react yeah, and vice versa. Cause they would play off each other. Cause they were so close in age, you know, 15 years. Um, so I remember that being like a huge role in um our life with her. And, but she, I mean, she did well. She got up on her feet and fought and didn't relapse. And I mean, she, she went a little nuts. She got a boob job, which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was something that, I mean, eat your own, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat. But <laughs> that was, that was kind of how she coped with it. <laughs> and we're like, okay, well, that's, that's different. Sure. <laughs> so we helped her, um, I helped her through her recovery of her, you know, boob job, and um, she got herself on her feet, and we ended up moving in downtown Clarkston before she moved to Florida.
0: So, I mean, you're, like, this is year 22, right, we said at this point? Yep. What, <laughs> do, do you feel like you were kind of just robbed of everything after 12 years old?
1: Um... <clears throat>
0: I mean, if I ask you about you, is there a lot of stories that don't involve members of your family?
1: I wouldn't say robbed. I would say um, stepped up. Or I would say that, um, I mean, because I still had fun. I still, I mean, I still went to parties. I still, um, but actually, now that I'm thinking about it, being at parties, I'd be the last one awake. I'd help kind of clean up at the end of the day i wouldn't really you know friends would be drinking or drunk and i mean i'd have a couple of drinks and then i'd help clean up yeah and... you guys
0: so used to taking care of people i imagine yeah that's just yeah, second I nature
1: <laughs> right and then um I, I i honestly have to say i really didn't like let go and not think about me until i probably hit like my mid-20s yeah and then i was like I'm not taking care of anybody. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much. And then, uh, but no, I wouldn't say robbed. I would say that I, uh, I did the, the reasonable thing. I mean, my niece, she was so young. Um, and it was more or less kind of fear too. It was, it was very much um, fear of, you know, things falling apart again. I just kind of wanted to keep everything together. Did you feel like like it
0: was your responsibility to keep
1: everything together? Um, I wouldn't say we're a responsibility, but the boys didn't really take it as seriously as I did. I mean, I remember times where I'd help them get up for school. I mean, I'd get up at 5.30, shower, get ready, wake them up, and then we'd leave for the bus stop. Um, just because my mom, um, really didn't do it. We, I did. Um, so it was more like, doing what I thought needed to be done just because I had to be done. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, was, there's was no, if the way about it, if we miss the bus, like we we're going to get scolded all the way to school. And I was like, get scolded or just get up early. Like I yeah. kind of weighed my options on that one. And then the second question you asked, um, yeah, I have, I have actually not that many memories without my brother. Um, him and I were very, um, tight knitted. And if I wasn't with him, I was always with my nephew my my eldest nephew um yeah. growing up and it wasn't until i was about 23 24 where you know um cuz at the end of um 22 almost 23 i ended up getting my own apartment um with my was boyfriend it... at the time okay
0: what what was that like like can you put yourself in the in that shoes of you at 23 in a place with no <clears throat> family members, no one to take care of except for yourself and maybe your boyfriend, depending on what that relationship was like. Um, I mean, were you able to like take a deep breath and be like, wow, (laughs) like I haven't had this kind of independence, uh, without sacrifice.
1: Um, yes and no. Um, well, since I was 16, I always had at least two jobs, uh, at that point and going forward, so, when I got my own apartment with my boyfriend, he asked if uh, his sister could move in. Oh, so, I spoke yeah. too soon. <laughs> yeah. So, his sister was much older than us. i Well, not much older. I mean, not compared to my sister. She was about six years older than us. And um, so, we, I was working at Lancaster Lakes as um, a leasing consultant. And so, we got an apartment there, and I helped fix up the apartment, paint it, get everything ready so we could move in quicker. Um, I felt like I had a lot of freedom at that point until... I realized I was working, you know, anywhere from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. or 9 to 9 with, like, one day off a week and realized that even though you're living with three people, she didn't really help out clean. And so I spend my day cleaning and he tried to do nice little gestures like um, (laughs) making dinner. And then I get home, like, for example, I'd worked like, 14 hours got through it thrown into mandatory overtime at Kroger. Um, So we racked up actually a couple more hours and he's like, Oh, I made dinner. He would have friends over all the time, got home and all of the dinner was gone. Like there was nothing left. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And instead of making a big deal, I just kind of went into my room and I was like, I'm going to bed. I don't even care. Whatever. I got my dog. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Like, I don't want to socialize. I don't want to freak out. I'm just going to do my own thing. If I get hungry, I'll just leave and go get something later. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of freedom and yet not at the same time. It was a lot of stepping up still. Um, you didn't have
0: anybody taking care of you still. Y- yes. Yeah.
1: So actually, ironically, um, I would say the first person who actually started taking care of me um, would be your buddy, Billy. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it took like, you know, 28 years, but you know, (laughs) I got there. Um, but he, I mean, I think we take care of each other. I think we do a really good job balancing that, which is really, really awesome. Um, but he also knows me extremely well. And he's like, Katie, just go outside or go downstairs or take a minute for yourself. Like, just go. And I'm like, I got this. And he's like, go now and i'm like okay i'm going i'm going
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's good you have to have someone that will give you or at least or make you take that, that right yeah because i i'm sure you have a natural resistance to taking that that break
1: <laughs> oh i do i do and he's very much like do it now and i'm like yeah. okay between I'll your, your
0: family and your work ethic i imagine there's uh there, there's just a resistance to that
1: Oh, there, there is. It's been very interesting actually this year since Oliver has been born. I, uh, uh, lost my job at, with COVID. So that's sucks. So I haven't worked since he was born. So it's very much like maintain the house, the yard. Oh, what's that
0: like for you? <laughs> cause I uh, mean, this is the least you've worked in what? 15, 20 years.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's actually really weird. I mean, the yard work, uh, it had been let go cause my mom can't do the work outside. So, it's very much um, getting the yard, um, landscape back in order, um, getting the house in order, taking care of the baby. Uh, Lexi and Luke, we have them. So, um, making sure that they're being responsible, reasonable young children, doing chores, but yeah, having some game time, dealing with the schooling issue. Um, It's, oh, yeah. it's busy, but it's not... I mean, I miss work. I do. Yeah. I, I miss working. It's... It's just about f- focusing your priorities, I suppose. I mean, um, they shifted from helping somebody run their, their chip business and doing everything there to kind of doing everything um, at home, actually, you know, where your heart is. And it's – it's. I think it's more fulfilling, but yet you feel like you miss something too all at the same time.
0: What – um just to jump back – cause you brought up your brother's kids. Um, what ends up happening with your brother?
1: Um, so, um, just for some quick dialect, um, my sister passed away when I was, uh, 25 uh, of cancer and then 18. Yep. So she found out and then 30 days later, um, she passed away. She had stage four. Yeah. Yeah. She had stage four cancer. Um, and then 18 months after my sister died my twin brother died and um what happened with him is that he was put on blood pressure and um blood sugar medicine i mean after my sister died he fell in this really dark hole they uh he felt like he connected with her in ways um that him and i didn't and i remember being kind of almost jealous of it i was like you're my twin like what do you mean you connect with her yeah. more than you connect with me? That's bullshit. Yeah. I'm like, you know, and you're really upset. I can feel it when I'm really upset. You can feel it. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit, you know? And, um, he's like, Katie, I don't want you to understand how we connect, you know, like, I don't want you to get that. And I'm like, well, that's really fucking weird to say, but okay. Um, so after she died, he got really depressed and, um, gained, gained a good amount of weight. Um, and he was always a bigger guy, um, And he got put on blood pressure and blood sugar medicine, so he ended up getting, like, the flu, Um, and he kept taking his blood sugar medicine and his blood pressure medicine, and apparently when you have the flu and you're on those kind of meds, you're not supposed to take them like you normally would if you're eating and drinking got normally. It. So, he ended up going into a diabetic coma Jeez. and passed away. Oh, my God. So, it was... We were... 27 at the time he died in February and then our birthday would have been, he actually died on February 27th or February 7th. And then we would have been 28 on April 7th. Gosh. So it was very interesting. Um, Cause usually on February 7th is when I would start like texting him and blowing up his phone and being like, Hey, what are we doing for our birthday? Like, <laughs> Hey, what's going on? And he'd always answer with, I don't know, figure it out and let me know. And I'd be like, no, come up with something. Tell me. So it was, it was a very ironic date that he passed away. Um, so we ended up, uh, getting his kids after fighting his ex-wife, um, for them because he had been divorced. She hadn't seen the kids in four years. She had actually signed off all rights to them. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, she left when Luke was like six months old. The kids in your
0: family really get the shaft from one or two parents.
1: I know it's. (laughs) It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> um, that's why I'm like bound and determined. Like Ollie's not going to. And I think actually that makes a lot of sense. That's why I've been like pushing Billy so much. I'm like, no, you got to be here. No, you got to do this. And um, now. Now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, that kind of yeah, that really makes sense. Well, yeah, there's I have I, some. It's,
0: it's, it's like, hey, I <laughs> like generational. Um, it's funny. I was, I was just talking about. Uh, I have a therapist that I'm working with to be on this show. We were just talking about generational trauma and how like there's stuff that you can like literally essentially genetically pass on to your, to your kids. And, and it sounds like your family has like just a lot of, a generational trauma of like abandonment and, and issues of, of that sort.
1: Yeah. That's kind of crazy that you say that. Cause my mom's mom, my Nana, um, would always send her back and forth from Tennessee to Michigan. And so my mom would have to live with her grandparents. And then, you know, my nana was a drunk. So uh, it was whenever she decided to be sober for a little bit, she'd bring my mom back and kind of do the back and forth thing. So, yeah, that's kind of crazy.
0: Have you, uh, I mean, so just to recap, your, your sister <laughs> struggled with drugs. Yep. Your mom struggled with drugs. Uh, yep. Did you say your brother did or no?
1: No, my uh, just my mom, my sister. Um, my nephew and I and my brother were really, uh, we really kind of watched out for each other. We were really close-knitted and um, same with Sam. Were um, you he,
0: resistant to that sort of thing because of watching your mom and your sister?
1: Um, actually, yeah. Um, in high school, I remember people would offer me like Coke in the Clarkston High School bathroom. And I'd be like, no thanks. Um, you and me went we to two to...
0: different Clarkston high school. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what happens after your brother? Like when, I guess what's next for you? Cause your house fills up quickly. Right. And,
1: um, after my, my brother passes away. Yeah.
0: So you said, so... that's what you're saying. <clears throat> you got his kids.
1: Yep. Um, so, um, actually luckily, um, after my sister died, my brother um, pushed my mom and I to help get him a house because his credit was shot due to the divorce. So, um, December of 2015, we ended up buying the house that I'm in right now, um, which actually helped us get the kids from his ex-wife and and keep them because we had a stable home for them.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and how's your mom doing in. through all this? Um, She is... Um, not dealing, but dealing with it all at the same time. She very much threw herself into what Lexi and Luke needed. Um, my mom's and my relationship got really rocky at that point. Um, it wasn't as rocky until my brother died. And then it's like, she couldn't be close to me. You know, I think it was just like her overwhelming feeling of loss.
0: Yeah. She, you're the last of her three kids left.
1: <clears throat> right. Yeah. Um, I went from that to, like, overbearing, like, mom. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this? What is going on? You need to calm down. I'm good. Um, so it's like she went into, like, a closed-off state, just focusing on Lexi and Luke, into a very much, like, oh, my God, you're my last kid left. I I need you. I, you, you can't go anywhere. are you going? What time are you coming home? I'm like, Mom, I'm an adult. Like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, So... She, I mean, <clears throat> so my sister's birthday was two days ago, as we stated earlier um, in this interview. And uh, she took that a little hard, but better um, than she has throughout the years. Um, it was it's five years this year. Um, and she actually did not, like, close herself off. She was still around, um, still socialized um she would you know she actually was honest and open with me she's like i'm gonna go in my room for a couple hours i'm gonna cry i just want to be myself and i'm like okay you do you you know i got the kids and i got the baby not not a big deal um then she came back out and socialized a little bit so um she's dealing better i i would say with my sister um Than she is with my brother, uh, because Danny was three years ago this year. Yeah. So I feel like uh, with my sister, it's a little bit different. You know, she had cancer. She was suffering. Um, It was just kind of like a relief almost that, you know, you know, she wasn't in pain anymore. She didn't deal with that shit anymore. Yeah. Um, My brother, on the other hand, was very unexpected um, and very um, traumatic. <clears throat> i mean no how, did, say, cause my...
0: how did you handle your brother like a, a twin i mean i can't even imagine let alone a family member you know
1: um well uh to be honest he kind of warned me it was going to happen um not that i took that warning seriously because anytime the man was sick he was like i'm fucking dying and i'm like dude you're not <laughs> dying you're, you're fine so he ended up meeting me up meeting up with me on a thursday and he ended up passing away that tuesday Um and he's like, Hey, there's something wrong. Um and we just talked in his truck for like two hours. And he's like, You just promised me, you know, if anything happens to me, you got the kids. And I'm like, dude, I always got the kids. Like, the kids are fine. (laughs) Um I'm like, if you think that there's something that's seriously wrong with you, let's go to the hospital. You know, I'm like, Stop jerking around and stop being an idiot. He's like, I'm not dying in the hospital. I'm like, Oh my god, you have the flu, go to the damn doctor. And he's like, Okay. Um, and I remember that he sent his doctor a message, like, in the truck with me, and they're like, I got right back to him after hours, um, and I was like, yeah, come in Tuesday morning, 8 a.m., um, we'll check you out, He he's like, are you happy, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I feel better, and he's just like, just know, you know, I'm always with you, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, you're not going anywhere, like, hello, like, we're growing old together, like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Um, And I remember that Tuesday morning, I woke up at 6.40 in the morning and I just, um, I had a dream about him. And it really freaked me out that it woke me up. Um, It was uh, him talking to me. He's like, and it was weird because I was like, I don't know where we are. We're in a driveway with a basketball hoop. And I'm like, this is a weird place. Like, why the fuck are we in a driveway with this basketball hoop? Like, that's weird. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm always with you. Don't worry. Like, um, there was like a couple of close, like friends that were almost like family. And I remember them being there and, um, he's just like, you know, Katie, okay, I'm talking to you first, like, you got to listen to me. And I'm like, you really weird me out, dude. This is just a fucking dream. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, I'm always with you. Everything is going to be okay. Just remember you have to be there for my kids. And I'm like, okay. And I remember waking up and being like really freaked out and I remember getting up for work and. I was like, shit, I still got like a half hour of sleep I can do. Like, I'm going to go back to sleep and I went to work five minutes at work. They, I, you know, I got the call. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, and I was really confused because my eldest nephew called me. He's like, you got to get to the house. because I wasn't living there at the time. I had just bought the house for them and he was supposed to get his credit in order. And then uh, I was going to get my name off so he could have a home for his kids. Um, and so I remember getting the call. And my nephew, my eldest nephew, he's like, you got to get the house. Like, there's something wrong. And my mom had just been gotten out of the hospital, so I thought it was her, but for some reason I called her, and she's like, Katie, Danny's gone. And I'm like, well, fuck, where'd he go? Did he say (laughs) where he was going? It's like 8 o'clock in the morning. And she's like, no, he's gone. And I'm like, yeah, I got that. Where the fuck did he go? Did he leave on foot? Is his truck there? Like, what's going on? And then she's like, no, he's dead. And I just remember freaking out. Um, And then that dream kind of kicked in and everything else. And, uh, I, I kind of felt like a pace of me has always been missing since he died. I felt like, I feel like, um, I've lost some of the, um, outgoing personality that I had, you know, all the, the fearless things I used to do. I'm kind of, it kind of intimidate me and I kind of got anxiety from it, you know, cause I was, just missing that, you know, protector feeling that I've always had. And it's like, um, without that, I have to be more conscious of, you know, my surroundings and what's going on and, um, and things like that. So it's, it's, it's very odd. Um, because one of the last things he did before he died is, uh, he went after a guy I was dating, um, (laughs) like, i had to stop him i'm like dude you're gonna go to jail like you gotta leave this guy alone um because he was stalking well we broke up and i had some of my he had some of my things and i was like i really want them back like can we just meet up can you just give them to me and he was like kind of stalking me at the time and because um, i'm like because i'm done and he ended up like hitting me in the face and Jeez. i remember going to thanksgiving with like a huge black eye. my brother singing i tried to like cover it up with makeup it didn't fucking work and he freaked out, and I was like, "Dude, you you can't go after him. You're gonna go in jail if you kill him. Like, I can't handle it if you're in your jail." And uh, it was like one of the last things he did. But, like, he threatened the shit out of him, and um, right before he died. So it's kind of like I came, I became more because even then I wasn't even scared, you know, because I was like, "Oh, I got my big brother. Like, I'll just yeah. call him." Like, you know, um. But even after that, it's, I became a lot more fearful, and um.
0: He was, I mean, he was the last one, right? Like, I imagine you stopped relying on your mom for protection at some point long, long ago, and then your sister was gone, and now your brother, you're kind of like on your own.
1: Yeah, and it was, it's um, very surreal, um, because I remember, you know, our birthday came like two months right after it, and I remember just kind of letting go, and just being like, fuck it, and I remember (laughs) I, uh, I got really drunk. Uh, that, that birthday, and, um, it was, it was not a, it was not a good time, um, this girl, like, who had been my brother's ex, like, back in high school, so it had been many years, and, uh, she ended up showing up, and I'm, like, drinking, and, you know, I'm having a good time, and I'm just, like, I don't give a shit about anything or anyone right now, and I remember I had earrings on, which, um, I have, like, two piercings in one ear and three in the other. My brother did, like, my second piercings in each ear, like, by himself (laughs) (laughs) uh, at our home. And I remember I just had all my earrings in, like, covered all the holes. And uh, this girl came up to me and she's like, I heard your brother and you talked before he died. I'm like, yeah, we did. I'm like, so? She's like, well, you fucking killed him. And I I remember I went off. Like, I pulled out my earrings. I pulled this girl aside and I was going to beat her ass. And I remember thinking... Katie you're not the fighter you just called Danny like what you don't even know how to hit somebody (laughs) Like what are you gonna do what a terrible thing for
0: someone to say to somebody
1: yeah she was yeah um but I was like I'm gonna beat her ass and I'm thinking you don't even know how this is gonna be (laughs) really interesting and I remember I'm like okay you got to take your earrings out. It's always in the movies. You know, girls are taking out their earrings. I'm like, all right, you got to take the earrings out. I threw my hair up and then like, don't throw it in ponytail because I can grab it. You know, like throw it in a messy bun. And I'm like, okay, I got that. And then, you know, she was just kind of staring at me like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, okay, now it's time to hit her. And I'm like, I ended up just pointing my finger at her and yelling at her. <laughs> and I'm just like, yep, you totally won that fight, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> I totally I whooped be... her ass. <laughs>
0: I imagine that for entirely different reasons, we have something in common in that, uh, I mean, I don't get in fight. I don't think other than like maybe junior high I've ever been to fight, but I fear what I would do if I got in a fight. Cause I think there's just like, you know, there's shit inside that when you're in some right. sort of rage, you will unlock and then be like, Oh, I didn't mean to kill that person.
1: <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> you don't know if you'd stop or not. Yeah. And it's like, you're thinking, and I thought, cause I was like, I'm pissed and I remember like I wasn't just mad at her and when I wanted to hit her I didn't want to just hit her for what she said I just wanted to hit her with all the anger I had in me and I was like yeah. this could be really bad like I don't know if I like that yeah <laughs> you know
0: yeah I'm thankful that I'm 6'3 and 250 pounds because I've, I've had people that have wanted to fight me and I can literally just like hold my arm out and hold them back so that's <laughs> that's, oh, see, that's helped so nice. me out a few times <laughs>
1: Out so well, yeah.
0: Six foot oh, wingspan, yeah. baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, see, I can't imagine anyone wanting to fight you. You're just so nice. Oh, um, no, really. Like, I don't think I could even ever see you mad. I think I'd be a little afraid if you were. I'd like, out. <laughs> 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 I gotta go. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: well, yeah, hopefully, you never will because I'm not, I don't think I get like mad, man. I get like. I'm like frustrated, mad. like mad. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't okay. get well, you know. I don't get like uh, I don't know. I don't get crazy mad,
1: raging mad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when I was
0: a kid, I'd like put my fist and my foot through walls all the time. But
1: I tried that once. It's
0: different times, yeah. Didn't... It didn't work out.
1: No. Um...
0: <laughs> so when do you? I, I know you met Billy years ago, but like when do you mm-hmm. guys start dating? Because yeah, that's. I mean, I guess looking back, like I met you what a year and a half after your brother passed
1: yep um so ironically um so my brother passes um february of 2018 and then i get a message from billy um i think it was september or october of uh 2018 and at this point i'm living um with some roommates uh i didn't think i could be you know functional around the kids i was kind of drinking a lot i wasn't handling things well i'm like i can't be around kids right now this isn't good yeah um like i need to get myself in order where were your Um, brother's
0: kids at then with just with your mom
1: yep just with my mom my eldest nephew um he we'd all been living with my aunt my my second mom um at the time and she ended up selling a house and my eldest nephew's like well i'm moving into the house that you own and i'm like (laughs) all right, I'm going to move in with roommates to this guy's house. So we all move in together. He had gotten this house. He needed help paying rent and whatnot in Clarkston. And so I remember I was, you know, the doctors had put me on meds. I wasn't sleeping. It was supposed to make me sleep. It was made me sleepwalk. It wasn't a good time. Um, and Billy reached out and I'm like, wow, this is really nice. You know, like I remember he was there for a the really hard part in my life. Um, shit, I wonder what's going on with him. I haven't really talked to him in, you know, years, yeah. beyond years. Um. He wanted to meet up, just catch up with uh Mark and Ryan actually at Mr. B's trivia night. <laughs> I was like, Well, this is interesting, but I don't know his friends. So I was like, Hey Josh, you know, my roommate at the time. I was like, You're a big burly guy, why don't you come with me? <laughs> you know, he's like six foot four, like two hundred and yeah, you know, fifty pounds. <laughs> yeah, you know, like huge guy. I was like, Yeah, why don't you come? So I remember all of us kind of eating, and Josh was like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, I don't know. I guess we're just catching up. He's like, who are these two other dudes? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm uh, <laughs> like, I have no fucking idea. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, so it's all of us kind of trying to talk, but it was very, like, awkward. Yeah. <laughs> it was very um, interesting. I'm like, that was good to see him, you know? Like, I don't know why he brought his friends, but okay. And I remember, like, after us hanging out, I kind of like creeped him on Facebook (laughs) because I was like, well, where's 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 his wife? Well, maybe she's doing her own thing, you know, and I kind of saw that, like, it seemed like there had been some distance between them. And I'm like, that's really weird. And I remember messaging him and being like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, no, she moved out a year ago. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, so then I got totally freaked out. I got totally weirded. out. I was like, um. (laughs) Um, okay, <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, this isn't, we shouldn't talk. This isn't okay. You know, and I'm thinking, I don't want to get into a mess. I have a mess of my own. I'm a mess. Yeah.
0: You've had lots of messes. Um, you don't want to Yeah.
1: And, and I was like, shit, this could be not good. And then, so we start hanging out, and I realized he's having a really hard time. And so at this point, we're still kind of, we were still just friends, you know, and we kind of got pushed into the situation from all the craziness. And we just kind of started like, relying on each other you know i'm going through my own shit and and i remember that just kind of pushed billy and i together and uh i mean it's working as a team um and be there and we started talking about old times when i lived with him um just about how we used to hang out i mean a lot of times it was just him and i to be honest and we'd watch (laughs) he'd make me watch these movies which ended up being my favorite movies um like garden state and american beauty some you know some ones with metaphor, yeah, all the metaphorical ones, and he was like, did you get that? And I remember, like, in-depth conversations, and, um, you know, and just him kind of being there, and I always felt like, he was a great guy, you know, and I always felt like, hey, you know, he's so nice, like, and I see him now, and I remember talking back to him, and being like, hey, I'm like, so remember when I lived with you? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> and he's, like, almost kind of annoyed, and I'm like, Remember when we watched those movies and he was like, Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Did I annoy you then as much as I annoy you now? And he's like, <laughs> No, you annoy me so much more now. I'm like, Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so funny. it's it's always fun to look back on things because um, I remember he'd always like wake me up early Sunday mornings. He's like, Hey, let's go get everybody bagels. And I'm like, Why the hell are you waking me up? And half the time it's because I was on the couch. And um, the other half of the time he's just like, Cause I'll know you'll. I, I, I know you'll get up and you'll, you know, give me a headache about it. And I'm like, "Is there coffee?" And he's <laughs> like, "I'll get it." I'm like, "Okay, so let's go." You know, as long as there's coffee, like I'm in. Um, so it's kind of funny because now, uh, like we both get up with the baby and um, we take turns making coffee and getting up with him, and it's, it's much like. The relationship we had when we were yeah, yeah yeah it was kind of always like we had a partnership we, like we always had a mutual understanding um not that we saw each other sexually back then in any means um it was not like that at all yeah so it's really it's really it's it really sounds nice. like you guys complement
0: each is... other really well so that's good
1: yeah and the baby's just like him looks like him <laughs> acts like him i'm like what the hell where's mom
0: <laughs> i think mom comes but... out later in life although all the babies look like the dad and then the mom comes later but thank you so much katie for talking to me um it's your life has been crazy and i hope you are finally at a point where you're like katie's life now me katie billy allie we're gonna just chill out and i think like hopefully you got from being like out of work and at home this whole time you've been able to get a little bit like a perspective too by yourself and and uh oh. I mean, you.
1: yeah no i mean there's there's a lot of perspective and i appreciate you having me on and i know i chatted your ear off not,
0: that's literally the point of the podcast so that works
1: out you're right yeah <laughs> you're right yep but tell willie p i said hello i will he misses you yes miss
0: him. we are back with the wonderful jenny helms you can follow her on social media at jenny ann helms and she is once again kindly answering our listeners questions on the air thank you so much jenny Um, i'm going to dive right in tim asks from your experience as a therapist what are the traits and habits of people that you talk to that seem to live fulfilling and happy lives it's a broad question
2: It is. I actually do think I have mostly an answer for this um, because I think about the traits that I've learned about what I would call like emotionally safe people. Yeah. So I think they would definitely have those traits, which I'll go into in just a second. And the second thing that's really big is that they really know themselves and that they are they know like how they want to be in the world and their values and their purpose. And they, they embody that and how they make their decisions. And they're also okay with the times that they veer off the path of being who they are because they realize they're just a veering. It's not who they are that they struggle in life because we all do. Um, So it's, it's both of those capabilities of like really getting to know who you are and what you value being okay with the fact that you won't always be that thing. None of us are. And being an emotionally safe person, which the traits of those, I actually stole this from Brene Brown, so I have to give her credit because this is not of my creation. Um, And she came up with these traits because she combined her own shame resilience research and research that I cannot remember the name of the fellow that did it, of course, but he essentially went into different corporations and was looking for what made for a good, long-term, reliable, trustworthy employee. Yeah. And together, they kind of created these traits of, of what they call trustworthiness. But I also see it as like being an emotionally safe person. So first things first, they set boundaries. <laughs>
0: yeah. And
2: they respect other people's boundaries. Perfect. They do what they say they're gonna do and set realistic goals for all you perfectionists out there. Cause that was me. I was like, Oh, I'll just set this crazy goal and always disappoint myself. Weird. (laughs) I'll be the Um, biggest
0: therapist at Disneyland. Um. Yes.
2: I still (laughs) haven't done that. Dang it. Um, But yeah, no, like perfectionists. I'm like, but they struggle with that because not because they're not amazing humans, but they're, they just set unrealistic goals for themselves. Um, They're you're accountable. So you own what is yours And you don't own what isn't yours. So, like, for me, I used to struggle with, like, taking on guilt that wasn't even about me. Or, like, again, trying to make everybody else feel good and when they were upset, I was wrong. Like, again, learning what is yours, owning that, owning what you have power over and control over, and not owning what is not yours. Keeping things secret that you're supposed to keep secret and not gossiping about other people. So... When we struggle to be vulnerable, sometimes we will form intimacy with people um, by making fun of certain people or yeah. um, bonding over what we don't like. And that's actually not emotionally safe or good for you long term. So like no learning how to bond. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it sounds silly, but people do yeah. it all the time. Oh, yeah. like, they just don't realize like they're yeah. bonding over We became friends gossip talking about whatever. Tiffany
0: being a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So Bonding over you being vulnerable and sharing what's yours instead of gossiping about other people or yeah. what you don't like in the world, that sort of thing. Um, having integrity, so showing, knowing who you are and showing up as you are in every relationship. I know we touched on that earlier. So yeah. integrity is a big one. Um, non-judgment, so not assuming that if you were in the other person's shoes that you would be living life better. Yeah. Cause I think what judgment does is it says, oh, you're struggling, but I would do it so much better. Right. And so being able to have an open enough mind and stance that you realize everything makes sense in context and that you're not necessarily better than this other person and, and trying to be, not that you can't set boundaries around the things they struggle with, but realizing like there's context to their struggle.
0: Yeah.
2: And doing that for yourself too. And then the last one is generosity. And that is assuming the best about situations first instead of the worst. Trauma brain will typically make us assume the worst first, right? Like we're always on alert for somebody to hurt us or something to hurt us. And instead really assuming the best about people's intentions or what is going to happen. I mean not necessarily like the best in like an unrealistic way, but like it's more about yeah. like until I know the full details, I cannot say – that the worst is gonna happen or that they meant to do that maliciously. Yeah. So anyway, that is my-
0: Those are good ones.
2: Four minute answer to that question.
0: I appreciate that. right you just listened to my interview with Katie and a little Q&A with Jenny Helms. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, Please rate and review the podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts and shoot me some feedback. Uh, It's radio silence on my end and I see hundreds of downloads and I don't talk to anybody. Uh, I appreciate any and all feedback. It's how I know I'm doing a good job or there's stuff I need to approve on. So thank you so much for listening and being a part of Friend Request. It is my favorite thing that I do. I love you guys. I hope you have a great day. See you next time.